The Crown Season 6, Episode 8, Ritz, is over. The Karen Post Show recaps. We're just getting started. My name is Grace, but of course, I'm not alone. I'm here with Shannon Gus. Shannon, how are you doing? I'm sad. That was a really sad episode, So, but I liked it. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Uh, I liked it, too. I thought it was a fitting ending for a character who's... Uh, been on the show since the beginning um but uh as we say farewell to margaret we'll say hello to latonya starks who's here to join us to talk about ritz latonya how are you doing i'm doing great um you know here to talk about a very 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 sad episode of television but you know gonna gonna enjoy all the time that we got to spend with margaret yeah i don't know if any of these last few episodes are going to be particularly happy so <laughs> i think we might need to yeah this is just- lost to death there's a scene in here where Margaret's like, yeah, pretty shame that all your friends are going to die, huh? Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, it's like, yeah. And she lists them all. <laughs> like, so can I just say, yeah. I have to say, it has to be said, uh-huh. Ghost Margaret. And everyone oh. loves Ghost oh, Margaret. And no one loves Ghost Diana. I that's, just want to say. Yes. That's not just Ghost. That's time traveling Ghost Margaret, yeah, I believe. Well, yeah. Yeah, time traveling. Well, don't all ghosts time travel? Like, they're not tethered to time. Like, they're tethered to, I mean, we're tethered to our own time. But, like, in general, Ghost Margaret, I have to say, people love this episode, highly acclaimed episode, and people love Ghost Margaret. But it wasn't a similar thing. Well, that was, I mean, this was, like, Margaret's memories. So maybe she wasn't as much the ghost and she was in Ghost Land. Kind of unsure, but there was ghost things going on and people liked it, but no one loves Ghost Diana. So I just want to, and you know what? And Ghost Dodie barely even a mention true so in terms of where Listen, the ghosts are at <laughs> don't blame me for that um i just don't think that anything that the show did with diana in this season or last season worked i oh, feel like whoa. early diana really worked very yeah. well mm-hmm. i feel like elizabeth debicki is amazing and i, I adore her and she's mm-hmm. doing the very best that she can but the first part of this season is the only example, a positive example that Netflix has for this whole breaking the seasons and the half things or like wh- whatever compartments they want to break them into because it made me forget about those first four episodes, which is what I wanted to do. And I think oh. this was a really strong outing from a show that I was like thinking was pretty mid at the beginning of season six. Well, what exactly did you hate about it? <sighs> Ghost Diana and Dodie. <laughs> Uh, our rank up there. Um, I just, I don't know that I feel like the central relationship between Diana and Dodie, I just didn't buy mm. as well. Like, I don't really understand why Diana, uh, other than boredom, would want to hang out with someone like Dodie all the time. Um, mm. but she did, and there was that. And it, well, to it, be fair, from what we saw, she really did not want to hang out with him. Well, so maybe that's right. Yeah. I mean, being kind of kidnapped. Just, I just think that the that this show, much like the monarchy itself, does its best when it's focusing on its younger generation of people. And I so I thought that like the young versions of Elizabeth and Margaret, like pretty much every young version of them that we've seen has been fantastic. And I know we'll talk about the casting for them in this episode as well but i mean focusing on like younger charles and diana and you know later in this season focusing on william and kate i think really does this show a service as opposed to you know the other episodes that we get that are more about the older members of the family Hmm. i also think that in relation to that 
season four continues to be like a little bit of an exception because I just think it was just done so well and there was just so much heat in that relationship between Charles and Diana, one of the yeah. most interesting relationships of all time with Camilla. Like the, the subject material was so good. Not that this stuff isn't inherently interesting as well from this season and especially earlier in this season, but it was told so well. And the drama of that was like almost like its own different great show, which I've said many times. But now even like in the flashback this episode, I think I realized like I really loved I love the, the the classic episodes. I I I think I like the the crown better when it's not as recent, and because it's such a different thing for things to be happening like in my lifetime, and mm-hmm. how modern that history is, and how less romantic it feels. Like I I just seeing it in this episode reminded me how much I loved even like the costumes and the just the opulence. It was just like there was such a sense of like I don't know traditional classic beauty that I think I really loved in the first two seasons. So yeah, it's such a, it's just such a different show. It's so hard to compare the the eras now to it's kind of like Survivor, I guess, to like what it used to be, given that it's different casts and like over such different periods in history. Like it really and like you know, the content is manifesting so differently. Like it just feels like such different things at this point that it would be hard to recommend The Crown as like one full series because it just feels that segregated. Yeah. Um I I agree. I, I mean, I mean, I've said it many times on the podcast that I do think like the decision to stretch out the Diana stuff feels completely like a network note, a Netflix uh, subscriber based uh, decision. And I think it's a really bad one because I think it like uh, the the for me, you can feel it in the first four episodes that it's so stretched so thin to make sure that like uh, they can release what do they feel like they could drop in one batch, which is probably just four um and so then four episodes you want to end on diana's death and it, it just i think it like ruined uh for me I, although individually i don't hate those episodes as much as um i think i did even while i was like watching them and in retrospect i feel like i don't love them but when we talked about each one most of them i was like i could find stuff in there to like but that being said i, I just think it feels like th- you know, they relented on this like Netflix network note that I think really, because I, I think if they, the other thing, I think it improves season five as well, because that can have a much clearer story that also doesn't need to be stretched out in a way. Um, and then they could come into this season knowing it's the final season and really think about how to set up all these. Like, obviously they've done two episodes in the first four of the second batch on William. Right. And then this one is a Margaret, uh, like send off episode. And so clearly they, um, are really intentional with what they're trying to like leave us with in a way that I think these episodes have been a bit of a, like, you know, I don't think it's quite as good as, as peak crown, but I think to a degree it's a return to form Mm -hmm. in a way that I think it does just feel like the, the, the albatross of like Diana, the Diana content being the stuff that like, okay, people will absolutely want to see that, which I think is true, but I don't think we need to see quite as much as we got. Um, so that's kind of where I land you. Um, I I've, I've been editing uh, the ghost of Diana controversy to include ghost of Diana and ghost of Margaret uh, controversy on Wikipedia. <laughs> Shannon, don't worry. There was no controversy. Everyone loved Margaret's ghost. <laughs> um, can I ask you, uh, uh, LT, before we dive a little bit deeper into this episode, there's some other things we, we Shannon and I, as we've been talking about the season, um, we actually did a, a Ding Mary Kill last episode on Ghost of Diana, French Dog Guy, and then the dream sequence from. Did you episode- like the dream? 
Yeah, break the tie. The dream. Grace like the dream. Like don't spoil. One... Don't influence. Hold on. French no, that dog counts. guy. What? Who's French dog guy? French uh, dog guy from the, the, you know, the, fur, beginning, the beginning of the, of the season. season. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Who was like walking his dog as the yeah. accident happened? Yeah. And then like it, it flashes back. This is like very hamstrung. I felt. Okay, what are my choices again? No, but Grace. Okay, then. The, okay, the, it's, the, it's the mostly about. Life. It's mostly about. <laughs> did you like Elizabeth's dream about King Tony Blair? And she oh. wakes up in a cold sweat. That was fantastic. You lied. There's no way. There's no way. I'm not losing this. No. I you thought lied. that was. It's ridiculous. It it's doesn't ridiculous. make any. But like the the image of the queen being so terrified by the popularity of someone that she's just inducing all these panic like sweat dreams about the guy becoming president, and she's just walking the street as it happens. Hilarious. Like, like more, so, more Sopranos dream moments, please. You want what? No, it was was it me, was it meant to be hilarious? Is the show meant to? Are we laughing at it? Are we laughing with or at the show? I don't think. We'll, I don't think that that's I, the. I that's, did both. Yeah. I, I have a very special way of you laughing. Contain multitudes. Yeah. Shannon, yeah. I, Much like Swan know. Guy, we we could take we could do many different things <laughs> at once. Anyway, all right. I love that episode. It's actually hard yeah. for me because that, that that episode came out that podcast yeah. just came out. So I was posting about it and I was like swan guy. And the fact that that's the episode where like Elizabeth realizes like it's the, the children that are wrong. And then like, it only took me till after to be like, that's the one with the dream. It really was a disservice to an otherwise very good episode. But anyway, <laughs> I maintained that the dream was bad. Ghost Diana good. Ghost Margaret good. Ghost, Ghost Diana Odie, good. Neutral. I like Ghost Diana. Okay. Yeah. I, but I, I like didn't it like too. her I like terrible cameo. And I like episode. <laughs> yeah, I like Peter Morgan's response, which is basically what you said. I never imagined Diana's ghost in the traditional sense. It was her continuing to live vividly in the minds of those that she had left behind. Yeah, it's a manifestation of their own thoughts and feelings. So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, let's talk about Ritz, which, um, boy, was did they ever fool me real good in this episode? Because I thought Claire Foy was showing up for a cameo because I looked at the tiny little thumbnail on Netflix and thought, Oh, Claire Foy is going to be in this one. They're going to do a flashback. And then, no, that's not Claire Foy. But the entire premise of this episode is essentially um, it's it's VE Day on May in, 1940, uh, in May of 1945. And Margaret sort of drags Elizabeth out to go to the Ritz. Um, while in uh, the modern day timeline, Margaret is um, unfortunately experiencing uh, strokes um, and knows that she's probably near the end of, of her life. Um, although Elizabeth does not want to believe it and sort of... Um, those two storylines sort of, you know, paralleling of uh, the night out where Elizabeth ultimately like actually goes downstairs and has a ton of fun. Um, and, um, and, and Margaret kind of like bringing that out uh, of Elizabeth, um, her, her lifelong companion, she calls her. Um, what'd you make of this one? Shannon's like a send off to princess Margaret. I honestly really loved it. Um, I thought that it was like, yeah, a beautiful tribute to Margaret. That's like pivotal relationship through the crown. Leslie Madwell was it was chilling, like, you know, some of those scenes in the bathtub. Um, and like, I think it, it actually like really encompassed all of Margaret's life in such an interesting way. Like she lived such a life of excess that caught up to her. And like when she had to slow down, like she couldn't do it. It actually reminded me of a line from Succession that was in the last episode that I watched. And I can't remember the exact verbiage, but I remember thinking, puts us on Kendall Roy's tombstone because he said something like, if I stop to think about it for even one second, the whole thing falls apart, something like that. And that is like Margaret. It's like she has to keep going. She, she says she can't have an empty diary because it's like she doesn't want to be left alone with any of the solitude or the loneliness or the thoughts or the emptiness. 
and she couldn't slow down and like life just caught up with her in this like really terrible way. Um, I loved it against the flashbacks to show that relationship. I thought it was a really interesting choice that did work to make it fully about her and Elizabeth. It's not like she has goodbyes with the whole family. Like this central relationship is all that we focus on. My one complaint, because I always have to complain a little bit, even in an episode that I like, is that I don't know that I would have needed the flashback to be built up with such scandal. Like it's this big, it's going to be this big reveal, especially because a lot of the scandals seem to be specifically racial in an uncomfortable way. And that was like the whole big scandal of it all. But I guess other than the fact that like siblings have like these old secrets and that's like a cute thing, I think that it just could have been against, it didn't even need to be necessarily even spoken about in the present day between Margaret and Elizabeth. It could just be Margaret's memories, which it was going back to this night, like of her heyday and her youth um, compared to her decline later. And I thought that contrast worked, but yeah, the, the more that they kept building it up was weird to me, but otherwise I really enjoy the episode. What about you, Latanya? Send off for Margaret. Goodbye, you, she says. Yeah. Listen, Shannon, you know, the people at Netflix said my star is a Negro with this one. And they were just like, what's the most scandalous thing that we could ever think of happening? Oh, my God. What if Elizabeth danced with a black man? And I was appalled and shocked by it. So I can only imagine. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh have always despite the fact that she was like richer than god and like could have pretty much pretty much anything she wanted in life i always viewed princess margaret as like a tragic figure because so much of like her talent and potential seemed to have gone completely and totally unfulfilled and overlooked by everyone in her life and you know her mother in like an earlier season says she needs to shine that one like we need to allow her to shine mm -hmm. and there it just feels like there are so few occasions in her life where she actually got to shine and it's sad. um it, it was heartbreaking watching leslie manville like go through all of these different stages with the different strokes and she did an amazing job uh portraying this character and so much like margaret to like still be reciting limericks even though she is literally having a stroke and passing out um, I, I really enjoyed this episode. I, you know, think that we get to get a lot of the queen's face and just kind of analyzing how this would affect a person like Elizabeth um, and her reaction to Leslie Manville, kind of like what she's, her performance. It's just really great. And it's, it's really a interesting sister dynamic. And so for all those reasons, I'm I'm a big fan of this episode. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I, I struggle with where I should put my complaint at this episode, which I have one. Give it now. Complain all the time. That's what, does, that's what podcasting does, is. Does that's Margaret, what podcasting is. He has my criticisms Margaret, in verbal form. Margaret has has children who are, nah. are not are not even But mentioned. this is the crown to be I, I know, but, and I don't even mean I need like an episode that's like not about Margaret and Elizabeth. Like I absolutely want that. But the fact that there's literally no mention of her children once in this whole episode is kind of silly to me. So last, that's my, that's my one complaint. She otherwise, hated them, Grace. Does she? Does she? No. <laughs> we only hate one. It's Andrew. We hate it. Oh, we should. Well, as we're getting to uh, your opinions on the season, I'm just I'm wondering, uh, Latanya, what's your opinion of, uh, of, uh, Charles and, and Camilla, how you generally how you feel about them? Up or down? Well, uh oh, I, <laughs> I think I think everyone disagrees. I think we know, but I'll take the hot, right? No, I just 
I can't with them. I don't like, yeah. I, I like everyone's love story, but theirs. Oh. Um, I, I, I don't know. Oh. Growing up in a family that was just so pro Diana, it's really hard to like Charles. It yeah. makes it even more difficult when they dare to cast someone who has lips to play this man. <laughs> um, uh -huh. like, and Camilla is just kind of there this season. She's, she's so just, nice on the phone, though. She, she's very, very nice on the phone. So good. She's mm -hmm. so good. Anyway, all right. Well, just checking. Just hoping one day we might find another Charles and Camilla supporter, but that's fine. You found someone who liked the dream, so who knows? True. You know? <laughs> I shouldn't have really pushed my luck today. Yeah. Has no one else been a Charles and Camilla stand? I mean, just, I think oh, you are. We, we're the head of the the Charles and Camilla stand club, and yeah. we say this on the podcast, Grace, or will we say it at a different time that you wanted to send me Charles merch? Yeah, and I can't really find it. It's like not proper King, King Charles merch. Yeah, I can't find any like Dominic West. Is I can. There's maybe some Josh O'Connor merch I could find you. Okay, well, mostly, mm. it's because I want to do an like. I'm looking at like Australian Etsy, and I'm also not fluent in the art of shopping online in Australia. I'll tell oh, you. Okay. My love language is gift giving, Shannon. So you should. Well, we need sure. matching team Charles and Camilla shirts. We might I have agree. to create them ourselves. There's some really <laughs> cool crown art where it's like it's almost like the style is like like you don't see their faces, but it's just they're like not their silhouette. It's like definitely like like anyway. There's some really cool stuff, but nothing for there is some Charles <laughs> and Diana stuff, but that's not what yeah. we want. Shannon. What all of the people that you could support? You've chosen Charles and Camilla. We could, um, we could, yeah. we could lay out no, the, we, have, we yeah. could lay we, it out. We have, I mean, I definitely think that it's been, he's been portrayed well this season. I came in sympathetic to Charles. I'm the kind of person, you know, I defend Ross from friends. It's a running right. theme at this point about right. the problematic man that <laughs> I will defend right. yeah. and the hot takes and how that might be my legacy. But I stand by all of it. I just feel, I just always, I've said this too many times on the podcast. I just have always felt like I felt bad that their love story was robbed from them early. And then like, not yeah. that he behaved well through it, but he I just had not. grace for that. But I will. I want the merch. I want to wear. The problem, the problem, this was really, it, it was a much easier bit about a year ago when he wasn't the king, like or two years, but he wasn't the king of England. Cause now yeah. it looks, like, yeah, He's I know it's unfortunate, but whatever. Okay. Anyway, they're not even in this episode. This is, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's why Latonya came on this so, episode. Yeah. So <laughs> I, that's my one complaint. Uh, does she not have any children? But that's okay because I do think, for the most part, this this episode is is so excellently done. I think that the flashback. Um, I would agree with your point um, that it's like the idea of it being scandalous. Um, although I I read it more as just like Elizabeth is so far removed from who who she was at that like who she not who she was it was like it was i guess that that night but who this idea she said this before of like what she gave up to become the crown and we've talked about this being such a central theme of the show is that like basically from the claire foy to the olivia coleman performance that's when we start to get this like much harsher version of elizabeth where she's much more like like she knows that she can't be Margaret. Like she can't be going out and doing these things. And so this idea that there's this memory that she has of Margaret from when they were kids, where it's really Margaret pushing her on where she does have this, she gets to go do this thing. She would like basically never be able to, or could never do now. Right. And have this moment of like, of, of, freeness and joyness and that's like the gift she got from that night with margaret even if she's like really embarrassed by it now it's still like a thing and she wants it just to be between her and her sister and then all of that with 
this, like, you know, we, this show, you know, we know that the queen passed while they were filming this season. Um, and you have, you know, her, her losing her sister. And I do think it's interesting that she's like, all the people around you are, are passing away. And yet like Elizabeth, it was like, you know, is older, but she also will live, obviously, as we know, for like another 20 years um, uh, uh, past this. But um, I, I, the idea that she knows that Margaret, through her life of like drinking and smoking, um, is in a really hard place to be able to like overcome, you know, having multiple strokes. And it's, it is pretty horrific. Like the, I can't even imagine the scene where she um, like burns her feet in the yeah. in the shower in the tub. It's like so awful. But but Elizabeth, like no matter what, cannot really believe that this is happening or this is true. Like um, when Margaret has her last stroke, I believe, like Elizabeth goes and sees her and she's like, so I'm dying. She's like, no, no, you're not like I got you a walking stick and you're fine. Just can't sort of even comprehend this. And I do think that's like, yeah, there's their unique relationship in the speech she gives at the at the Ritz dinner, I think is really sweet. And it is a really interesting where she literally calls her. Like you are number two. Like she says that in public, two people. Like, uh, which is like, yeah, that's the true dynamic of of royal children is that you you get numbered and you get put into an order. Um, and uh, so the relationship was so interesting. I thought this was such a fitting end um, uh, to 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 send off Margaret. So yeah, I liked it. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I think that it was. You know, it was a beautiful tribute to siblings. Like that's how I always kind of see that the best like a sibling relationship and we've obviously also seen it at the worst for Elizabeth and Margaret and we're seeing it now with William and Harry like this really interesting air and spare dynamic and how it can play out um in terms of like yeah you're my companion through life and you, you know they, they were kind of separated and they had each other and we didn't see this side of them like when we met them in the crown they were like kind of already soon going to be at odds because Elizabeth is going to be the queen and when she says like you know, you gave up the, the you that you used to be for me was like, in ways, it is true, because Elizabeth has like sacrificed herself for the crown. And like, you know, it, it shapes everything that she was going to be even like, before she was sovereign, the fact that that she was the heir, it shapes her to have to be more responsible in saying that we've I feel like she is in, in, in you know, very, very difficult nature nurture, but Elizabeth has always felt like the more stayed responsible one even in this scene you can see like she's inclined to be responsible like Margaret's definitely being a bit of a bad influence as much as she will like have a moment of fun with that um but for me it's like when she talks about like who you used to be it, it almost like speaks more about their relationship like before Elizabeth became the head of the family that could decide things like what Margaret would do and what her role is and who she could marry they were more equal they were sisters who would walk home arm in arm and I feel like Margaret maybe has like dreams of what Elizabeth was going to be, but she was never going to be like Margaret. She was always going to be the more responsible sister who was different to her. And whether, you know, she's shaped again by knowing what she has to be is one thing, but it seems to be like pretty innate to her character as well. Um, so I think like Margaret looks at that and like remembers kind of that more equal power dynamic that they also, I think, settled into a little bit more later in life when there were less, fewer decisions to be made between them. But I think, yeah, that's like, it was interesting to see how she looks back at that relationship between them when they were both kind of princesses at that time, as much as one was the heir. It's also just really cool to see these real life moments be put on to the screen. Um, there is a movie, I think it's called A Royal Night Out, if you enjoyed this flashback sequence and want to know more about it, because it actually did happen. I don't know if yeah. like the scandalous thing about dancing with Black people in the Ritz happened. Oh my God. But I know <laughs> that 
Um, they conquered at the Ritz. They went. They went to the Ritz specifically. They, okay. Yeah. Did they um, go underground at the Ritz? That's the part that might be fictionalized. But yeah. a lot of this did happen. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, it was a big group. True. Is isn't it, it a, a big, big group? Yeah. It's a bigger it group really than just group. the four the that four went. Of them. Yeah, yeah. Which we need to um, And and it also made the episode so much more difficult to watch because if you you know follow the royal family, you know how Margaret dies. That scene that we've all talked about now with you know, the hot water in the bathtub is just something that's so like viscerally stunning to witness. At the same time, you can easily understand how something like that could go wrong with when you're, you know, there's a sick person like in your life. Um, it's just really hard to watch. And I think, you know, with the context that we have of this entire series and knowing what a force of nature Margaret has always been, to see her kind of like steady decline happen so quickly is difficult to watch. Yeah. I, um, those scenes are, are really tough. I was like the idea that um, despite maybe having more people around her than like any, any normal civilian would have, she's still alone. Like she still is not obviously not like found in the tub until like the, you know, the steam comes through the thing. And then obviously when she falls down, like she tries to get out of bed, um, like she, she falls down and she's alone there as well, which maybe that's part of the reason why they don't show the, cause like obviously the family, not like they live with her, but the idea of like, there is a little bit of this, like I, this is much more subtext than this text here of like, it is really like, you know, Peter Townsend, is on this trip and that seemingly was the love of her life and who she wanted to marry. And yeah. obviously that was not allowed to happen. Um, but it is like, you know, uh, from what I've read, like part of the reason why she might have like struggled with, you know, uh, some of the issues that she had in her life was because like, she was blocked from being able to have this like relationship that she thought she was going to have. I also think it's, it is interesting to pare it down to Peter Townsend and then Porchy. And there is this conversation when Porchy dies. Mm -hmm. um, and, Elizabeth is like, oh, that's so awful. And she says, yeah, like Margaret's and, and awful for you too. Mm -hmm. And there is kind of like this story in the, in the, in the crown, in the history of the, the crown show of like, could Porchy and Elizabeth, would they have like married if she could just marry whoever she wants? Like, is that actually who, like she has the, she the very similar interest, obviously, and they both love horse racing. And I, I, I don't know how much I'm supposed to read into this, but it's almost like um, there is a little bit of like, when he passes away and Margaret's consoling, it's like he was there for you and you're lucky that you, it's almost like you're lucky that you got, and I, she's not like trying to throw anything in Elizabeth's face. She's being extremely genuine. I think in her offering, like her, uh, like consoling her, her sister having lost like a dear friend of hers. I just think it's, it, it is interesting that those are the four that it gets paired well, down to. Right. I read into it a hundred percent, but I read into yeah. it in terms of like what could have been for both of them. Like for right. Margaret, Peter right. Townsend was meant to be, her stabilizing force and she wasn't allowed him and he was meant to be like her great love and I feel like if she looks at any of the things that went wrong in her life like a terrible marriage I think she probably goes back to not being allowed the person who would have kept her on the straight and narrow because he was like this really like he was like the sense of of central home to her you know like he was this like grounding force for her and so and then it's different to Elizabeth who chose the more exciting option. People didn't want Philip for Elizabeth and she chose this like big, you know, and then in that, in the episode about Porsche in the first, I think it's the first season, you know, like they wanted Porsche for her and, and she chose a more exciting option, which for more boring Elizabeth was kind of against type, but she chose like the love right. and the lust and everything she had for Philip. And she's probably regretted it many times, certainly mm -hmm. on the characterization of the crown since then. So I think it's a sense of like what could have been if they both had this kind of stable partner that in many ways, neither of them had 
Um, or definitely Margaret didn't have. And as we see here, Philip's kind of in and out. So, and then, but then it's like, but you've been my companion because I've often had that lapse. And I think it's a little bit hard with the way that they showed Philip because that's definitely true of the first two seasons of the type of quote unquote partner Philip was. But at that time, Margaret was also awful to Elizabeth. Like the whole thing of the first two seasons of The Crown is how alone Elizabeth is in general. She doesn't have any number mm -hmm. two. Um, and then since then, definitely since season three, Margaret's been a great companion to her. They've like aged into it. And Philip as well, though, like he always kind of struggles and then he'll go through his like mid and three quarter life crises. And but like he as well has been a better partner to her in like the middle of the crown. And then more recently, like we don't have a good enough sense of that relationship for it to be as poignant a point right now, I feel like he's going to like it's, they fictionalize him not going to the birthday party because he is someone who like skip out on her. Um, and not be a good partner to her. But I don't feel like we know enough about where they are later in life and their relationship to define this. Like last yeah. last season, we mm -hmm. had that one thing with like the weird relationship. The carriage with Lady Romsey, was it? Oh my it? God, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So we had, so that's like the one thing in their relationship that we've had in two seasons. And so now, this scene, now, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, well, now, well, now the whole storyline is around like how she's needed Margaret as her number two because neither of them had like a real partner and Portia could have been that at Peter Townsend which we'll talk about could have been that but I just like it's hard to really read that much into it into what Elizabeth and Philip are now because we have so little of that in the last this, season. The scene is so interesting when like this scene that sort of embodies this the, the, the Elizabeth and Philip stuff it's all we get which is he comes in and he goes all right I'm off and he looks like he's in a pretty good mood and he's like mm -hmm. you know and she's just thinking about the night like so like we cut from this is the one where like the, the guy mm -hmm. turns around and is like oh do I recognize you and she's like no surely not and then she's like thinking about whether or not to get downstairs and then it cuts to her and she looks like pretty sad obviously Margaret's like not doing well and she's like thinking about the relationship and but he seems like he's in a good mood and he's like okay like wish her a happy birthday and like you know are you taking anybody and he's like oh she's like oh porchy will be there and he goes ah good old porchy and she says always good company never lets anyone down and he's mm -hmm. like are, are you okay are we all right she's like, <laughs> she's, she's like she's like well no i'm just sad about margaret, I'm sad and, that's, about margaret. and that's really it like that's the same and no no but then no the best part like yeah. she's upset that her sister's like dying and he's like ah margaret always have to worry about her and she's like yeah, i know true. we always have worried about her for decades but she's now going to die and he's like all right <laughs> see ya like, yeah he says yeah. hasn't it always been like that we're yeah about Margaret. yeah and then oh, he man, fails bro. absolutely yeah. useless older yeah. Philip. <laughs> good emotional support thank you she's mm -hmm. going through i'm glad that she's going to be the one person she will be left with for the next two decades is philip so hopefully well, at that point he stepped up so literally last episode she does make this joke where she goes to see william and she's like uh you know you're gonna you know more fish in the sea but you know are you dating and he's like he's like He's, he's, you know, he says that, and she's like, "Oh, dating, like a word we didn't have. We just got married. You met someone, you yeah. married them, and you moved on with it. And you watch yeah, this, and this so scene. Well. If you're binging mm. this in the next episode, yeah. it's literally like, well, I'm off. Uh, wish your ailing sister well, and uh, too bad you're always <laughs> having to worry about her. Bye bye. Like, literally, I feel like the scene could be like, like her telling him that Margaret's passed away, and he like looks up from the paper and is like, oh no, and then just like, like yeah. literally, that's the level of emotional detachment that we're getting from Philip right now. Such yeah. a shame. Always a bit of a something. wild card. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Always a thing with Margaret. Always something going on. You know? I'm not going to have to go to any events because of this, am I? I yeah. really don't want to. So, so I think yeah. the interesting yeah. thing here, though, like to your point, is that the show, it's so funny because we're talking about the stuff that they have so like editorial, not editorials, but like they've put their 
their you know foot on the gas in terms of like you know carol middleton arranged for kate <laughs> to marry william like it's her she did it muhammad Fayed killed diana you know all of this stuff <laughs> but with this stuff they're like it feels like they don't even know it is interesting it's like an interesting thing to note that like they they might be married but like you know that's they're married i don't know and it's like too important like obviously at this point in life like never would she ever like divorce him or like whatever and she maybe doesn't even want to you know like but like the idea of what marriage is for her because of the situation she's in is is this yeah this very unique it was much more of like an arrangement than than love and that you hope like love comes out of it and like yeah it has but also like it's not exactly you know if she was to like pick again she might very well try something different so it's like you know i I don't know if they know exactly how to like articulate articulate that to a degree because they want to say like okay clearly like they have some feelings about whether or not she should have married porchy and Mm -hmm. obviously we know margaret like yeah she would have married peter townsend she was not allowed to um but then how to frame that within the context of like her current situation i think without trying to make it seem like she's miserable because i don't know that she is like miserable about being with like i don't know if that's it's just a person who actually just does have regrets so it's kind of a thing that they're and again i do like this episode a lot so i'm not yeah i feel like i'm being critical again but no i don't think i don't think it's i don't think that's a criticism of the episode i I think that that their thought process is quite clear i think that the crown ships elizabeth and porchy i think they feel like that was the fit for her and everything we've been told about six seasons of six seasons of elizabeth and a movie they there's a movie the crown but whatever what, what's yeah. the movie called the queen the, the queen the yeah. queen yeah, yeah the queen know. and the crown so six seasons in a movie that we have of this i think that their take is that she should have been with porchy who would have idolized her more and given her space to be the queen and be more supportive and be more stable and it wasn't arranged with philip like that was some of the most agency she's been able to have like before a role like this but like as heir and then going into a role like this she chose love she was like besotted with philip if anything it's always been showing that she she was more like in love and in lust with him and like felt like she was reaching to him and then like he always was so um, uncomfortable with the power imbalance. So I think the way that they've portrayed Porchy, who is a man, obviously we don't know other than this characterization, but I think that they've showed it as like, if she'd had him, he would have been the partner, the, the kind of sounding board that she needed through the difficulties of being the sovereign that Philip just never was. And I think through six mm-hmm. seasons, even Philip at his best, they've been pretty critical of like who he's been as a partner and her choice in the agency that she had there and how it could have got better if she'd done something maybe a little bit more responsible in marrying someone like Porchy. They even do that thing. Um, I can't remember what season this is, but Elizabeth just kind of leaves with Porchy for like. Yeah, I love weeks. that episode though. Yeah, I love that episode too. To just like go look at horses, like you have to find yeah. someone who looks at horses the way you look at horses, and then you've met your your soulmate. Someone got to find someone who goes like passions as you. That's very legit. Like, so I have to find someone who's like. Oh, they're they're pretty, but I don't want to ride one. Yes, I just want to <laughs> yes. Um, I really love the speech. I I get yeah. I you know it gets a little bit like uh, muddied with like Margaret trying to tell the story of, of yeah. her and Elizabeth and Elizabeth being like, uh, shall we not? But actually, let me give. And then I th- but then the speech I think is Beautiful. is quite lovely. Yeah, and sweet mm-hmm. about like they're basically not themselves without each other, even if they're like pretty opposite. I, I quite I quite like um the toast that she ends up giving um at the party. Even I feel like someone would be like, not not now, not now. we shall not tell a story now. <laughs> Please sit down, let me speak. Uh, but ultimately, 
the speech is quite nice. She's like really it. smooth about it, though. She's just like, we're ignoring the woman of the hour. You know? True. True. Everyone wants to hear about you, not about me. Yeah. It was beautifully said. And I think it shows the queen at her best, like, because it's off the cuff and yes. so heartfelt. I, there's, a, there's something I, I there's a, an elephant in the room that I really just want to discuss so badly. Okay. And that elephant's name is Peter Townsend. Because yes. the flashback on this, a couple of things. Firstly, we were saying before we recorded, the actresses, insane. Like, yeah. I, I was promised in my mind, Claire Foy. And Vanessa Kirby, we did not get there, but I thought we did. I thought they de-aged Therefore, and Vanessa Kirby. We were saying yeah. before, we're like, is that their children? Like, how? Did, which would be they'd have to. They could have been young mothers, but I was in awe. I, I, like, why couldn't they do this for Harry? <laughs> I know that's what makes it frustrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, like, I've they never just, seen they nothing like, like this. Any ginger, any ginger will do, and we've got our Harry. But the cast, this casting is so good. I can't believe there are two people in the world who look that similar to Claire <laughs> Foy and Vanessa Kirby, let alone that they found them to play them as actresses on The Crown. This I is know. one of the most insane things I've ever seen, that they look like that. It, it is a pretty astonishing. Yeah, yeah, she looks so, so much. Not only, she doesn't just look like Claire Foy, she sounds like Claire Foy. Like there's, a, there's a, a line where they're like, they're they're in the street and it's just the way she responds she responds to 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 margaret i'm like oh my god that was like i feel like they like not only did they get they like must have dubbed claire foy in i was like it sounds so much like her it was crazy so but then okay so then they were porsche so this is what the ages are meant to be that margaret is almost 15 mm. elizabeth is 19 so i kind of felt like they looked more similar in age it did that disparity in age like a 19 year old yeah. and a 14 year old would be a different dynamic than i felt like what played out there and the fact that like Maybe this is what it was, but like Margaret was leading more and that I feel like that dynamic just in that stark age difference would be a little bit different. They seem more like just, 17 and 16 to me. Just but. Sterling notoriously on this, but like doesn't know children, they know just say like small, medium <laughs> or large. And I do wonder with like the William and Harry casting, they maybe just don't understand ages of children on the crown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're 19 and 15. They're teenagers. So, so yeah. And then yeah. they just, they just well, cast them, yeah. You know. But I think that that matters because I think it just, it, it built into the dynamic in a way that might've been different if we felt like Elizabeth was like, you know, four and a half years older than Margaret mm-hmm. and like really seeing it at that stark age. But anyway, that's the least of my problems because here's what it is. Yeah. Peter Townsend is 31. Yes. He like, so he could he should have been the same actor as the first two seasons who we met yeah, at what, true. like 37, 38. Like he, he didn't, he looked like he was in his early twenties. He looked, he is a full blown adult. Like, so then it was making me, then like, damn, like, let me look back at this. And like, these are all things that probably exist in my brain. But I think because the crown season one, like made Peter Townsend so sweet and Margaret's such a mess and he's so kind to her. And she, it's like this tragic love story. Then I'm looking back at the ages. I'm like, this is so worrying. Like she's 14. Yeah. He's 31. He's dancing with her and definitely giving her the eyes. Like it's very much in a way that feels romantic now. And then even if you look back at like what they've said about the relationship, like she has stated that her feelings for him started less fewer than two years after this when she was 16. He says an attraction form just over three years later, conveniently just when she turned 18. Uh, mm-hmm. So convenient. Um, it made me really rethink a lot of the, the the love story from the first season to just like put it into such sharp focus where I'm like, wait, how old is she? And she's and she already knows him and he's her chaperone, yeah. but it or like I didn't need to be reminded. Maybe I did need to be reminded, but maybe I should rethink everything about that relationship in in its history that has now been pointed out to me in stock terms. Yeah, it it makes so much about um, the way that 
Margaret chose to respond to problems in her life makes sense. Because, I mean, we could think of it like putting modern day terms in it. Like she was groomed as a kid by this older man who worked for her father. Mm. And that's like the love that it's the only love that she knew, essentially. And she had to not only go through that as like a, you know, growing up thing, but then be denied that love when that's the only love that she thought she was like capable of getting. Cause that's all she's ever known. Right. It's, it's yeah. really, it just really puts a, a, like, it's why I feel so bad for Margaret. Like it, it just puts a dark spin on everything that has ever happened to the character. When you think about that relationship with Peter Townsend. And I really don't think that anybody in discussing how gross, like, you know, this stuff is like ever has, like they're always mentioned as star-crossed lovers. They're never mentioned as just like this bit, yeah. bit, this old ass man going after this kid. I think they they, they should have made him look so much older in the actor who looked the same age as Portia, of which he is not. Yeah. And it is interesting because I don't think that they were trying to show that. I mean, he definitely like again like in giving her the eyes while dancing, but they weren't trying to make like she looks older than fourteen. He looks definitely younger than thirty one. It just led me to my own research to remind myself things mm-hmm. like again I've probably known, but it is interesting because it does put such a different spin on what was like mm-hmm. as you're saying always the star-crossed lovers and everything went wrong when she couldn't have her true north person, her soulmate, mm-hmm. um, and it all just kind of devolved from there. But it's like, if you look at that as also negative, like she couldn't have even in itself a very toxic thing. At its best, it was going to be like extraordinarily problematic. And that was like how it began and the best case scenario. Then it's even worse. <laughs> like Then yeah. it's like, she, there wasn't even like the option of something like pure and beautiful. Like, and, and maybe if she'd seen it that way, I mean, it's hard to really put it on her. I don't want to do yeah. that. But, and you can imagine yeah. someone like Margaret, like, maybe she looks older because she dressed older, you know, like she, she wants to appeal to Mm. like an older man. We see her kind of like in the pink lipstick and all that. And, and she's supposed to be what 13 here, 14. It's interesting because the way they do the flashback and I'm giving too much credit here. And I, I don't think the show is doing that, but you could look at it as this is like, very, like I mean, we see it with Elizabeth too, but if we're really seeing it as like Margaret's memory and at the end when she's mm-hmm. like inserted into the memory, yeah. it shows that it's like really from her point of view, that would then make sense of like, why are her and Elizabeth closer in age? Because she saw herself as older. Like she didn't mm-hmm. see herself as a little sister. And Peter Townsend is this like ideally suited person who she can dance with and it's not creepy. Like I'd love them to flash back out of what was objectively happening. And it's just this 31 year old man dancing with a 14 year old yeah. that he later will try to marry. But so, I, I but think the, the, the problem, I think, Shannon, yeah, it, I, for me, it's that they did the, in season one, they, like when they, did, they did make a romantic. And yeah. so they're like kind of contradicting themselves. And I think probably it's like where yeah. they set themselves up in the timeline that they, you know, at that time, and also we've talked about that the show has taken much more of a, like, you know, uh, it, it chooses, like, less so in the early seasons do they try to be like, and this is exactly how you should feel. It's like, here's all yeah, the evidence going to show mm-hmm. it. And so, I, you know, I'd have to look, go back and look. But this is actually a surprise to me that Peter Townsend is much older. I, I and, No, I and, knew he was older. But, like, I thought he was, like, he was in his 30s and she was, like, 21, 22. And, like, that was that was fine. Compared yeah, I, to but I did not know now. that he was yeah. around for all this time. Yeah. And she was, she was young. 13. And 13, the piece yeah. for me that I think is, is again, I actually, you know, we've, you, you have pointed out 
excellently while we're doing the show about like the ways in which you can use historical fiction. We talk a lot about like historical fiction doesn't actually need to be like a hundred percent historical accurate. It has to be resonant with what is true. Um, and you could take liberties, uh, I think in that to make this, to tell the story better. Cause sometimes history can be boring in my mind with this, this is almost like the reverse. So we should not take what happened in the show, like literally a hundred, like, you know, that it, it being like, 100% accurate, but by not portraying there being an age dynamic, even when they met, um, I feel like is like, you know, to a degree irresponsible. And everybody talked about it's like the elephant in the room. Um, because like, yeah, it's not, I, I, I don't need the show to be 100% accurate, but the the way that my I come away from the show is like, I have no reason to to go and search Peter Townsend's age from from my, like, I but apparently I did. didn't do, yeah, you did. <laughs> but like, yeah, luckily you did. You Was know? he really <laughs> that did. old? But, yeah. okay, but she's always looked at it romantically. Right. And that's always been like the long lost love. And it hasn't been looked at as like, maybe I was saved from myself. And like, what other better opportunities can come along? It's like that. She, I mean, it's been said like, like she's, you know, it's been shown in the, in the crowd that like losing that, like is what like started the path to like everything terrible. Um, mm -hmm. And, and, and history, it, as Latonya is saying, looks at it that way as well. But in the early seasons, don't you feel like they want Margaret to, you want us, they want us to be sympathetic, I think, with Margaret and and feel bad yeah, that Elizabeth makes a, a, a decision that feels so cold towards it. That's where the conflict is there. And I feel like you lose that if like there's any sort of implication that like actually Peter is like, an, and even if Elizabeth doesn't care, but it's like if, if we as the audience are like, actually Peter is like much older than you and has like been mm -hmm. around since you've been a kid. And like then, then Margaret does seem potentially to be like it's not her fault but you could see how the show might think if we portray it that way that she might be you know she she is she she like not her not her own fault but she might i feel like i'm wording this bad that i'm i'm feel like i'm trying to avoid a landmine like, but that if she is thinking like i'm gonna marry peter townsend and they're like actually peter townsend's like way older than it's not a good idea it feeds into exactly what they think they're trying to avoid with her in the first place ultimately they don't want her to marry peter townsend because he was divorced um Mm. not the, it seemingly this doesn't really matter <laughs> the story that we've told but there's this idea that like it, it, maybe it would lend some some to like us it, like well margaret is kind of the wild you know like like mm. she does need to be like sheltered bad of, you know yeah. yeah that's what i'm trying without being like it's uh, as you've been saying it is not her fault that like she ends up yeah. but, mm, i don't i don't think that they like, they don't have to look at it like she is making the wrong decisions they could have betrayed it and again like early crown did not editorialized to this degree but it could be framed as the world will chew margaret up and spit her out to a degree like people take advantage of her and that is very toxic that is but like it felt like he was like the one again like good stable thing away from this like otherwise really difficult world so it could have been editorialized to think of it like that but i don't think that that's how history looks back at it i do understand why they made it this big great love story and it was so interesting in her relationship with Elizabeth and the and and it was really important in the crown of how the sovereign yeah. was dealing with, but I want my mm -hmm. sister to be happy. And like this isn't problematic. It's a good thing for her, but I have to, because of like all the logistics and legalities around divorce, I have to say no. And, and it was her caught between what she wanted to do and what the crown needed. It was like a big yes. moment in who she was going to be, like the queen or Elizabeth. And that's what they prioritized. And it was probably true. And it's how history looked at it. And it was great content. So I do yeah. get it, but it is unsettling. And, but I will yeah. say. And now they're like stuck in that. That's the narrative they have to keep up. But, and, yeah, and that, but, that, but that's how history looks at it and what it was like in the 40s and 50s. I mean, Latonya yeah. probably knows yeah. better than me, but wasn't the queen 
like into Philip when she was like 13 and he was oh, like yeah. 19. Yeah, so exactly. Those were the same, but yes. yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it. both of those relationships, in my opinion, are problematic. They were very, very young. And I mean, the, the show has always come from the view of it that this is like, these are star-crossed lovers and like the world is worse off for not having them be together. I mean, even as recently as last season, we got that mm, episode yeah. where the two of them come back together and it it's supposed to be like mm, romantic mm. and, you know, a reminder of like that golden era that you talked about earlier in the episode, Shannon, of like the opulence and like grandeur and, you know, the writs of it all. But like it, knowing the ages of those two people, when everything got started, it's just really problematic to look at it like that. But you would understand by why someone like Margaret would view it as romantic. That was probably the most romantic time in her whole life. Well, maybe the way that we should analyze it then looking back is like knowing it was a different time, but in ways extremely toxic is like, even as we've said, for like the most privileged women in the world, which is Elizabeth and Margaret, for them being like the expectations on young women and what Elizabeth now is just like, fondly saying oh we didn't date we just got on with it and the lack of agency that young women had that even Elizabeth making the choice which was again one of the most agent things she was able to do as Elizabeth Mm -hmm. was making the choice like as a teenager and maybe it was a bad choice like even Margaret who thought she was hitting what she wants and again that seems like there's agency before it's taken from her to want Peter Townsend for this to be maybe even a good pathway for her even in that is she being not preyed upon but like taken advantage of or is it again in a system that is not enabling the best of her because it's preying upon her like, to a large degree. So maybe yeah. we look back at that as like, even at its best, these were young women who were just thrown into a system that was never going to be perfectly optimal for either of them because so much was accepted and allowed that was looked at very differently to how we would look at it yeah. now and would bear out in problems through generations around decisions in marriage being made at that age at literal, like not even teenagers, like, you know, Elizabeth is, is, is loving Philip from like a preteen kind yeah. of, kind of age. Um, and as well, Margaret is making decisions where she feels like she's being saved from, from the system by someone who it's it like the, the power dynamic is interesting with her being the Royal, but like in age, in life experience, and right. in the fact that she cho- seemed to choose him that young. And it was this like romantic fairy tale story that had this like sinister, viewpoint that's never going to be like totally positive for them and I think that is interesting seeing how at least it plays out with Elizabeth's choice of Philip as much as we've always romanticized Peter Townsend without as much of that nuance my my favorite succession quote I'll say is um when someone says it was a different time and one of the characters was like (laughs) it's not a time before they had laws was it (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah can we chat about I really love the montage sequence of Margaret trying to, you know, fix her, like of like, Mm -hmm. just like eating healthier and she's nicotine gum. And then the one where she's lying on the couch and they come over and peer over and she goes, I'm not dead. It's so funny. I really, I really loved it. I forgot. Like Margaret has to a degree slipped a little bit in terms of like, there's, there's just more characters than ever right on the on the show and obviously uh one in particular we don't need to keep belaboring the point but there's a lot of diana margaret has not been in the show as much but i just forgot also just how like 
it's funny. She she is. I feel like Anne has given been a, uh, given a little bit of that, especially in the latter half with like her conversations with Charles that one um, episode. But Margaret is so funny, and this scene I absolutely loved it of like her trying to like get better. <laughs> it's like so good. Yeah. What's the line she says? I'd rather die than exercise. I want to screen cap that. So good. True of myself. Yeah. True. The other one that's like funny. And but a little bit awkward is when Margaret comes for lunch or dinner or whatever and is eating with Elizabeth, and then the Queen Mother keeps being like, "Well, I can, I, I can walk. I don't need any rest yeah. in my house." It's like that's your daughter just <laughs> <laughs> like it's so, it's and then there's this a line later where she's like, "So like, mom, mommy's gonna die." So she's like, "I know." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lived to be hundred and one years old. Yeah, this is her mom is so bad that she doesn't have railings in her house, and it's just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, well, Margaret does it. She's pretty sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. The the family that I always love when there's like a meal with the women, the family dynamic is always really, really funny to witness. And yeah. it's just classic little sister getting on older sister's nerves by like singing along to a song that yeah. you don't want your mother to know the context behind. Yeah. Very cute. I had um one point um before we get to Lizzie points in okay. that I felt it was quite fitting to tie 9-11 in here. Um, in that it was like obviously like the whole episode was about like such a sad you know kind of testament to loss in general but also because Porchy literally did die while watching the news yeah. on 9-11 oh. um, and so bringing it back to that and the fact that he like I thought they like it, it this was this was the kind of episode again in like historical fiction where like all of these things happened um, in the similar time frame that can definitely be like put through in the narrative of like Elizabeth's many losses I thought that was well done. I think that from a timing perspective, it's interesting because we see 9-11, but we've seen Christmas 2001, like that was last episode. Um, and like, that's like distinctly pointed out that we know that that's when those years are, but um, all of like Margaret's health issues were actually through like the end of the nineties and like through many years, it wasn't just like a, this made it seem more like it was like a period of a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we kind of like just get that in like this one kind of, you know, um, kind of capsule here, but I thought that they did well with that because it would have felt weird to not acknowledge like, you know, this massive, like the biggest thing that could happen at that time. And then have like, just, we passed by 2001 last episode. Then we like came back to it here. Yeah. I, I, for me, it's like, I kind of felt like, he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's fine. Like, and not that I want, I don't know what you want. Cause she's not, it's, it happened to America. And it obviously has uh, repercussions. Like we talked about this in the Tony Blair episode that like, Obviously, they will be, you know, uh, brought along to what uh, they, not brought along. They're active participants in choosing to go to war. That's a very mm-hmm. bad, it was bad terminology I use. Um, they go to war with America uh, in partnership with America. So um, they are involved in it. But in this particular moment, like, yes, it's a tragedy, but it's not a British tra- tragedy. But Paul, she did die while watching. No, I know. Well, yeah. Okay. It's very sad. Okay. Never mind. Okay, fine. It is a British strategy because Porchy died. No, I know. No, I mean, no. I, okay, we're not, well, Trace, we weren't in America. I was in Australia. This, and this is like a global event. I'm sure, happens. yeah. And I'm sure she's also, like, she's met presidents. You know what I mean? So, yeah, like, like, they usually try to have, like, a sense of, like, important historical moments. Like, even, like, the JFK episode, they're like, let's check in with, like, the biggest things happening in the world. I think it would have been strange not to mention it, especially when it does tie in personally with, like, the death of her friend. I think they did it pretty well i'm not saying they should not have done it i'm saying that i i do think they do have to put it in here and i was thinking kind of like it is a i i'm i'm kind of like that it is a a huge event but i'm kind of like 
I, I guess I, I feel it feels like we're on the opposite sides, but I think I actually am defending that like they actually didn't really need to do more than this, probably, especially because yeah, oh, right. they have more, such yeah. limited time in what they have left to tell. And so no, yeah. the, the timing in which it happens, I don't think it makes sense to because that was my first instinct was like, that's what the 9 11 Oh, thing you think it should have been more? I mean, no, I think I, it would have been I don't know to that have I, like. Well, you, well, that's the question. It should. It was this enough? I, I was arguing like, yeah. did they? I thought it was like, did they even need to mention it? Which no. I think they did. Then it's like, do Agreed. they need to do a nine eleven episode of The Crown? No. <laughs> no, and, that, and I'm saying because idea. it's not a British trend. Uh, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. If that's it was like American yeah. history through the early two thousands, and like, yes. Yeah. That would a, be pretty. A nine eleven episode of The Crown. Great. I'm glad that we got a bot, even though we were on the same page the whole time. <laughs> I thought we were just coming from different different no, standpoints. Like, no, I know. but no, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know. Let's talk about the dream again. That was a real. But yeah, all right. No, I thought, yeah. Well, maybe we should give out Lizzie though. points. Uh, yeah. Which uh, quite easy. I, not a lot of people were in this episode. There's not a I, lot of options. I would agree. Um, a classic because we have three people. We'll do two two one. Uh, no, two, two one one. one. Mm. you're the expert i should not be leading the segment um latanya if you're... you came up with it and you have the spreadsheet so i do, yeah well those are the important things who wants to <laughs> something you definitely can't send over email um uh, so two points to somebody who you think and again uh latanya it's we've been doing basically like who do you think deserves it uh we've uh, muhammad al-fayed got a point for like orchestrating yeah <laughs> the death of diana so you know whatever you think uh i think i mean i could kick things did off, we give him I, a point for that uh lindsey wilson <laughs> yeah lindsey wilson gave him a point it's been a in, weird season it's in episode weird. two which is episode episode two. okay that wasn't yeah well he orchestrated the paparazzi that would lead to in the future yes. that's right yeah all right nevertheless and his son. Uh, easy <laughs> two points to princess margaret i don't think anybody has a better ep- i mean it's it's very sad and tragic but i i give two points to to princess margaret this episode hmm. co-sign that high yeah. not two for me Latanya, do you know who you're going to give your two points to? Um, yeah, probably Prince Philip. He just had like the biggest impact to me <laughs> in this episode. Well, gotta go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Margaret, always something going on with her. I, like yeah. she's had several strokes. Ah, yes. It's always oh, yeah. Well, Tony, before we started the podcast, we've actually been talking about we were talking about Saltburn. There's a line that is anything. Yeah, don't, no, 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 don't, yeah, yeah. If you've seen Saltburn, you know. If you don't, it's so, it's so good. But there's a Saltburn line that is right up the app. Philip would have died laughing. He would have loved it. Yeah. Um, who, your two point is, is it? Can it's I be Margaret? I mean, like Margaret. you know, she's doing her whole like grand damn thing. She's even got like a no makeup scene. So yeah. just give her all the awards now. So one in one, I'm going to give at least one point to Elizabeth. I think her speech is lovely. She's really obviously, you know, struggling with her sister. She brings her jammy tarts, even though she knows she she needs to eat better. It's very sweet. I didn't give one point to Elizabeth. Her her little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been my two points if we were doing three to one. Um, I mean, look, it's it's really a lot, a lot of this episode's about Margaret and Elizabeth. So it would be hard not to have that as a focus, especially when she's being so kind to Margaret and we see like the way the relationship has evolved to something so great. It's, it's such an interesting thing about how relationships with siblings can evolve over time. Like in the, like, hopefully well for Margaret, like 71 years or hopefully a, you know, 80, 90 years you're meant to spend with these people on earth. So interesting, the different ways it can go, but it's nice that it's seemingly been good for like 40 years for them so far. So yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, LT, uh, I think Shannon, I, I have to give one point to Elizabeth. But. Yes, I will give one point to Elizabeth as well. 
Okay. Um, uh, and then I don't know where else to go. Uh, I, to do. Be I do. Right I okay. have a third. Yeah, go Because for I'm it. like, who else is in this episode that's not Philip? He deserves no points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He gave out all of the empathy that he had in the Wolfmania <laughs> episode. Um, Porchy. Yeah, Porchy. Yeah. Porchy. You know what? Here's why. He's not 31. Nothing <laughs> with a 14 year old. He's 21. Elizabeth is 19. It's- oh, one day he will be. So can we? Yeah. You know? And you know what? And he'll be appropriately aged. I don't know how old Jean was his wife, but if I find out she was a teenager, I'm going to be pretty upset. She looked but- appropriately aged when they, yeah. they showed her yeah. a while ago. Such a good companion. Never lets one down. Goes to look for Elizabeth. Concerned about her. A loyal friend to her for many decades. Point for Porchy. 100%. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of I, mean, I love movies. the way they say his name. They're always like, "Oh, bullshit, bullshit." <laughs> yeah, I I try when I when I caught the line where like uh, Claire Foy lookalike like gives the most Claire Foy line read of all time. <laughs> I tried in my house to be like, "Ooh, can I do it?" And I couldn't do it. I can't do it. The 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 <laughs> accent is so perfect. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Jean Margaret Herbert, the Countess of Carnivern, is uh is is his wife, Porchy's Porchy's wife. Yes, and how old was she comparative to him? Okay, let's see. She's born in gonna, 1935. My point is pretty important. And okay, she's 11 years younger than him. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when did what age did they get married? <laughs> what age did they meet? <laughs> what, sure. It's very Hold important on. for my. We gotta one man everything now. I just want to make sure this is the right person. Let me just make sure. I'm just oh. trying to make sure. There's only okay. one porch here. Yeah, I searched Porchy wife, but maybe. Porchy wife. Okay, Porchy. I think it is Jean Jean Margaret Walla. Yeah, no, that makes sense because yeah. that's he, he's the Earl of Carnarvon. His real name is Henry. Henry Herbert, is that him? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so here we go. In 1956, he married her. She was 21, and then in 1956, he would have been. Let me work this out. 30. He would have been 32. 32. That's that's fine. Okay. Third, when did they meet? But when did they? When did they meet? All right. In 1954, while visiting family in England, she met Henry Herbert, Lord Porchester. They married. He was 19. On Jan- yeah, in 1956, and he would have been like 30. It's legal. Yeah. It's done. It's pretty good for the time. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, it's better than it could have been. Yeah. And it's all I have in this episode. So. <laughs> All right. I mean, uh, literally, like this is where we get on the crown an hour in. We're looking up Porchy's wife's age and time of meeting Porchy to see how. Listen, if people are not watching the crown like this, I don't know what they're doing. If you're yeah. not competing like, every this is the other. The only thing. correct way to watch yeah. the crown. Yeah. Literally, now it's just about like age gaps in the fifties. Mm-hmm. It's got to be about. It was a different time, but as Latanya says, was it before laws? But <laughs> yeah. this seems at least strictly legal. So for that, it's good. My, when your Google history is like, did Philip really have an a, an event to go to during <laughs> Princess really Margaret's birthday? <laughs> like pretty silly, yeah. yeah. All right, um, uh, Latanya, if you just want to go on, uh, just uh, ignore us for a second. All right, Charles and Camille at the top of the. At the top of the <laughs> Give me <laughs> then, that merch, <laughs> Diana, and then William, and now Elizabeth. Uh, yeah, tied, so it's William, Elizabeth, and Margaret all episodes. tied for eight points. Yeah. Ooh. Wait, so we give out a total of three points or a total of four points? You gave out a total well, of four. You gave a two, one, one. Yeah, so two points. Usually one, one point. with me and Grace, we give three, two, and one. But because okay. we have to then average it out to the three of us, it's now two, one, and one. But So did we all give a point to Porchy once he was yeah. legally? Uh, yeah. I, I was going to give mine to the Queen Mother. Oh, you can oh, do that. Okay. You can do yeah. that. Yeah. 
Um, she doesn't get, I don't know. She, she was kind of mean. She yeah, was, exactly. <laughs> she's pretty funny, funny, though. It's pretty funny. <laughs> She's, She's hilarious. like, I have no rails in my house. It's like, yeah, you, yeah, come on. What are you doing? You're yeah. somehow, you're Take 800 years old. Yeah. <laughs> you're just talking crap about your daughter who is dying. Um, mm -hmm. I don't find that she, I don't think like she looks very much like what the Queen yeah. Mother did late in life. No. But I, I do quite like this woman who plays the queen mother she's quite she's quite funny i think yeah, yeah she's hilarious all right uh, well that does not well poor that just porchy's like tied with a bunch of people sorry porch no no that's fine yeah that's fine yeah but charles charles and the with 13 camilla with 11 diana with 10 to, william elizabeth margaret all at eight points yeah that's the that's the lizzie board so far with mm. two episodes to go um that's one guy did we give one guy a point that was just an honorable no he didn't get a point and i even I, asked should we give an honorary point and we didn't give him a point yeah we should have given him a point were you as Congrats. delighted this is a, yeah were you as delighted with like uh when she's basically the we figured out it's it's basically the the principal skinner meme where she's like am i out of touch no it's the people who are wrong i love swans <laughs> i shall keep them all yeah <laughs> we quite loved that episode um all right, anything else? There's two more episodes to go. Latanya, may I ask if you have done this? You were you were very coy and you were very good. But have you watched the rest of the season? I have. Yeah. It does it, yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Don't spoil, but I mean uh, you can spoil. I think thumbs up. Okay. I, I, yeah. I really I really do think that the second half of the season kind of turned things around for me because I yeah. I couldn't like normally if the crown comes out i'm sitting there and i'm watching however many episodes of the crown there is yeah but for the first four episodes i watched two and i was like i don't know if i can do this right now yeah. like it's yeah. not it, it wasn't keeping my attention as much i think okay. the back half of the season is much better and i give it two enthusiastic thumbs up fine holiday fun do you own a well, diana yeah. beanie baby it feels like you don't a diana beanie baby <laughs> no you don't do. no no <laughs> I'll try and find you one. It's probably a very expensive gift. It's my love language. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else before we, we, we wrap up episode eight? Well, um, I do think that, that the top three episodes of the season are probably, probably still the Tony Blair episode for me, probably then this, and then probably Will's Mania. Mm -hmm. So that's all in the back half. half. Yeah. yeah. Especially because the Diana stuff, like, is the kind of stuff that feels worse the more you sit with it. Like even the yeah. best I felt about like the episode when she dies, which I did think was entertaining. Like the more I think about my own ethics in enjoying it, the worse I feel about myself. Yeah, <laughs> so you that's not the shower after watching this the yeah. part of the season because it's just yeah. it's like what are we doing here? Um, yeah, like yeah. Princess Diana is still such a like a figure that can gain so much goodwill and like positive thought from like anyone who puts her image out there it's and why I, netflix did it that's why yeah. netflix was like you have to extend the diana story until season six i mean the woman died like a, a while ago and is still on the covers of magazines regularly mm -hmm. you know yeah um not the magazines i, I buy they have charles on them uh, <laughs> i assume still in the crown which we have a bet don't tell us, but I think we're going to see her again. I think they're going to force yeah. Elizabeth to be in either a flashback or a montage or a ghost Diana. Imagine. I have said that in the first episode. No, we yeah, know. But, we know. Yeah. But well, but okay. So I've said that every episode would be better if it ended with like shock, jump, scare, <laughs> ghost Diana, right? Can you imagine this episode? It's like ghost Margaret 
and then jump scare ghost Diana. Yeah, that's so good. If like if she scares Margaret's ghost and it's like ghostception. Yeah, Margaret's that, Margaret's assume... watching Elizabeth go into the Buckingham Palace, whatever, and then and then yeah. oh no, yes. Why don't like, the ghosts really, interact welcome. with each other like in that show? Yeah. Ghosts. Mm -hmm. Genuinely, I want everyone watching The Crown when you watch the last scene of every single episode. I want you to picture what that scene looks like with Ghost Diana, and I I promise you. If it's not better, it's definitely funnier. There's um there's a Twitter account, Shannon, that is um someone no somebody uh photoshops Paddington into oh, every yeah. single uh movie at, once a day. <laughs> they put Paddington into a movie. The account is like, I'll do this every day until I forget to do it. Um, and if someone wants to create, I will Photoshop Ghost Diana every around <laughs> until I forget. <laughs> Go for it. That'd be great. Instead, they went with a meaningful scene that I will say in the credits: Vanessa Kirby singing "Bewitched, Bothered, Bewildered" yes. from oh. episode two of oh, the first season, one. right before her father dies. So mm -hmm. they oh. went with something beautiful and meaningful, but they could. Could have gone with ghost diana and i'm just saying choices were made and maybe i don't agree with them peter morgan um all right well latanya thanks for coming on and talking the crown so so fun yeah it was really really great to be here i love this show and i love talking about all things related to the royals so thank you for having me what else are you up to and where can people find you um you can find me talking with grace again because i can only ever podcast with grace and uh, Mike Bloom, where we are talking about uh, season five of Fargo. That's right. Uh, wonderful show on FX and Hulu. Um, that is just really ramping up, I think. Um, not doing a whole bunch else right now, but have some stuff I, coming in the new year. Yeah, I believe you'll be joining, oh, uh, yeah. hopefully, on Full Spoiler Recaps. We're going to talk about a murder at the end of the world, which yes. has a crown star in it. Yes. Emma Corrin plays the lead role in that show. The crown star. great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The orid the OG Diana. Yeah. You well, can... I think OG, uh, sorry, Diana, I think is the OG Diana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, you can find me on the internet on Twitter, because that's what it's called, um, at LK Starks or on Instagram at Stormborn1222. Shannon, what about you? Follow me at Shannon Gates. I don't know where we are in the timeline of life right now, like, but Survivor UK, Survivor yeah. US, yeah. this Australian Survivor is going to come out at some point. Just follow me, and I will I will share all those things. I believe the day we're dropping is is uh, Friday, December twenty second. That's where we are. That's very so, soon Alice. from right now. Yeah. yeah um all right in addition to fargo i'm off i'm also talking the curse yellowstone in the new year movies with ariel each week and then uh, yeah full spoiler recaps with jess sterling i'm on social media at high from grace we'll be back next time in a few days with the penultimate episode of the crown until then bye-bye oh no ghost diana If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.